You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serda. No Chiefs practice on Saturday, but training camp is underway as veterans reported on Friday and will take the field on Sunday afternoon for their first full team practice of the 2023 Chiefs training camp. So we got plenty to get you caught up on from this week. We'll start things off with the Great British Chief Show. They have a full training camp preview. After that, we'll head to the Arrowhead Pride Editors Show, where we discuss some camp headlines we'd like to see come out of St. Joe this year. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Chiefs Coast to Coast, previewing training camp a little bit more and discussing the things that they're going to be paying the closest attention to. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Hi there. Welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with Brad and Tom. Uh, we're going to talk about Chiefs training camp in a minute, but uh, I just wanted to speak with Tom about hard knocks. It's, it's something we talk about, obviously, every year when it happens, because I always get excited for hard knocks. I love the show. Um, it has been a little bit poor over the last few years. Maybe COVID kind of affected that a little bit because of the uh, obviously the access of getting into the training facilities and stuff like that over the years. But I really think this could be one of the best yet. And this is going to be with the Jets, isn't it? Is that because of Aaron Rodgers? Or... Yeah, I think the, I think this one at the moment because they're gonna get they've got a few stars over there now. So mm. I'm thinking that this could be a, one of the best ones yet. And the Jets, I tell you what, they're putting together a roster. They've got an outstanding team. Exactly, outstanding so team over there in New York. Like they are absolutely in contention in the AFC East. Yeah, AFC East. AFC least, yeah, 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 yeah. AFC oh, I had a brain fart for a second there, but <laughs> I was yeah, remembering yeah. AFC least because it's yeah. I'm Ron Burgundy. Um, they, I, I kind of like it. I know the Jets aren't happy about Aaron Rodgers. Isn't, I reportedly isn't happy about hard knocks being, but that's what you get. You don't make the playoffs. You don't get. You don't get a choice. Is it just going to be a, a blank screen when it yeah. comes on to Aaron Rodgers? It's just going to be in a dark room. <laughs> I just got a feeling he's going to be. So distant from the cameras, like yeah. when they're around, I just don't think he's gonna give them anything. Like we're talking about quarterback and whatnot, and we're saying how much Mahomes gave. Yeah, I don't know how Rodgers is gonna do that. I think he's gonna be wildly entertaining because he's just gonna be so like, don't give, I don't give a shit. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I, I I think he's now he's getting towards the end of his career in New York. I think he's. I personally think he's gone to New York just to go and live in New York. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the reason why he's got there. He's gone there. And I'm just, I am interested to see because they just didn't want it to happen because no one wants hard knocks these days. It's a distraction. Like, <laughs> like I, it's great that the Chiefs will never be hard knocks. Well, certainly not with Mahomes because if you make the playoffs, you you automatically rule yourself out if you want to. They don't have to be. 
don't have to be a hard knocks team. But if you don't make the playoffs and you don't switch your coach, then guess what? You're in the running to be in hard knocks. And yeah. the Jets didn't switch their coach and they didn't make the playoffs. So we'll fall down. Um, but yeah, I think it would be okay. Like I, I've got a feeling McCole Hardman might be a star of hard knocks. Yeah. So I, I've got a feeling that he's going to be the type of guy that's going to love having the camera around and all of that. And he's will, he, will, will he be subtitled as well? Because I can't, I can't hardly understand him. He talks that fast. <laughs> Coming from you, <laughs> I, I can't understand half, half the stuff he says, but um, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to be good. It's going to be really good for uh, for TV. I think with uh, with, with it needs to be good because it's been so bad recently. It's been oh, a yeah, god awful yeah. show recently. Yeah, it does. I think actually, I think the Raiders one was probably the the funniest. I don't know if it's that's because, because, of the that's because Antonio Brown had a breakdown halfway through. Let's be honest. <laughs> There's the only reason why that was funny. Yeah. And I thought I think I quite like the Browns one. That was quite a good. That was quite a good one. Um, right, right. You know, I remember it. Beckham Mayfield and everyone like, no. Nah, uh, was that the one when he was living in a caravan outside training I camp? Think so. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Um, Maybe back there soon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough about the Jets. Uh, Chief training camp. It starts July twenty third. Um, I I can't believe it's here. I really can't believe it's just around the corner because. Um, I was just still kind of going about my day, just floating through life, just thinking, when's the NFL coming back, you know? Uh, and July 23rd, Chiefs are back in training camp. There's got to be a lot of things that we're going to be talking about with, uh, you know, camp battles as well, uh, key areas that we're looking at that we think might be, um, might be you know, juicy for uh, fans to watch. Um, and I kind of want to start with something that was um, a little bit off the radar a little bit, but I think... For me, the linebackers this year, um, it's going to be an interesting one because the Chiefs have suddenly got about was it about eight linebackers mm. in the roster this year, and I'm thinking I I don't even remember them signing that many. No, <laughs> and I was thinking why 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 have we suddenly got a linebacker battle where we've got eight linebackers all of a sudden? Um, but I mean, let, let's start with Nick Bolton first of all. Nick Bolton for me, my man. I've been high on Nick Bolton ever since we drafted him. He's one of my favourite players out there at the minute. Um, proved his worth, improved his worth so much in the Super Bowl as well with that uh, with that scoop and score. Um, obviously, Willie Gay Jr. is there. Leo Chanel um, is another one. But there was, yeah, there's some new ones. And drafted one, uh, Cam Jones mm-hmm. uh, was, was, he was supposed to go probably about fifth, fifth or sixth, uh, sixth round. Uh, and the Chiefs picked him up undrafted. Um, and I don't know too much about them, but I know that these players are going to be there to contend because even with the undrafted players, we saw with the likes of, um, you know, uh, Pacheco undrafted mm. and everything like that. You know, it, 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 I always think that that gives an edge and a bit more character to a player when they feel like they have to keep earning it and every day yeah. improving the worth on it and stuff. And I think that's probably the mindset of the Chiefs this year of... Yeah, no. I mean they've 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 probably I think I found a stat the other day actually what was it? Um, the Chiefs have invested a whopping one point twelve million dollars in undrafted free agent market this year. Um, more than normal, isn't it? More, way more than normal. Yeah. So you know that's fourteen undrafted free agents, um, and they've gone heavy on it. So I think this year it, it is going to be good. But it is going to be interesting, and 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 like we were saying with with the Veach mentality of trying to find value that seems to yeah. be these main um main kind of focus 
get the value and see where we can pick up on the value. And and I think linebackers is obviously one of them, but I also think cornerbacks is another, which we've we've said in the past that we seem to have gone quite uh, cheap on on cornerback uh, mm. for quite some time. <laughs> it always seemed to be a thing that we always used to bring up heading into Chiefs training yeah, camp. Yeah. You know, we don't have a decent cornerback. What's going to happen? And it never seemed to uh, affect Beach, but um, he signed another four undrafted uh, cornerbacks as well. So... Mm. So many different camp battles going on. I'm yeah. really, really excited to see what, uh, what what's actually going to appear on this. What what what's it, what areas are for you, mate? Well, I, I think the linebackers are a good one, to be honest. It is, yeah. I'm not necessarily interested in who's the fourth and the fifth and the sixth, mm. if there is a sixth linebacker on the roster, because to me, that's just special teams. I'm not really bothered about that. Like, well, I, I don't, I'll be honest, the bottom of the roster, the healthy scratch ones, I don't really get care about um, if I'm being honest in the nicest possible way. Right, fair play Tom. to them. Well, well done. Thank you very much. I'm like, I'm happy you're here, but ultimately I'm more interested in the guys that the first 22 players are going to be on the field every, every yeah. single game. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. more. And I think that's reasonable. I think that's fair to, they're the ones you should, you probably show more interest in. So I'm interested in the linebacker in a sense, but who's going to start for the chiefs mm. because Nick Bolton's obviously a shoe in. He's he is now probably the leader of the defense. He's he's the new Derek Johnson as such. Yeah, and he's going to be around for years to come. But it's going to, who's going to be his running mate? That's who I'm particularly interested because Leo Chanel showed some good sparks last year. Yeah. Willie Gay's been good but inconsistent, and then they've signed this guy Drew Tranquil, yeah, from the Chargers on free agency. Who is getting a lot of hype, not just from the Chiefs, not from the Chiefs media, but from all of Chiefs Kingdom media, like Arrowhead Pride, other networks, other websites. There's a lot of people talking up this signing. And like, is he going to be the one that's going to be starting alongside Nick Bolton come week one? So that's where I'm interested to see and see how much run they get in training camp with, with the ones, with the twos, who's going to be the one. I think Nick Bolton will probably be the continuous one, but then they're just going to rotate guys in. Mm. And then obviously that will lead into the preseason and then they get more and more guys, more and more rotations together. So that of all the training camp battles on the defensive side of the ball, I think that linebacker one's probably the most interesting for me. Yeah. But on the offensive side of the ball, <laughs> it's juicy this year, isn't it? It's off. Oh, the receiver race is <laughs> there are going to be a lot of disappointed people in Chiefs Kingdom because mm. one way or another, every single receiver is getting their own hype from somewhere, whether it's Richie James or Justin Ross, Sky Moore, Kadaris Tony. I don't think Sky Moore or Kadaris Tony are, are, are going to get cut for one second, by the way. But like, there's these all these players that are getting their their hype from somewhere. We can't possibly carry them all. You've got obviously Rashi Rice, the rookie coming in as well. Yeah, we can't keep them all happy. So I'm really intrigued to see what happens at receiver position. I'm really intrigued to see who's going to be the guys that roll out with Mahomes to begin with. Who's going to be the guys that rolls out with Blaine Gabbert to begin with, and who's going to be the guys that roll out with. Is it Shane Buccelli, the third quarterback on the roster? Yeah, I am interested to see and see how that moves as the weeks go on, as the practices go on. All oh, Justin Ross had made a couple of good plays with the freeze, and then all of a sudden you see him with the twos, and it makes good plays there, and then all of a sudden you see him with Mahomes. And how does that translate into 
into the preseason and then how does that translate in the pre-second game and then the third week of training camp and it's just it's a fascinating battle and like if I was there in St Joe it would be the one that I would be keeping my eyes on the most that 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 receiver and it's not like they when they're lining up against their cornerbacks their opposing number they are lining up against a very very good secondary now and so they are going to have to earn it. Yes, they're going to, some of them are going to get the all-world quarterback thrown on the ball, but some of them aren't. Some of them aren't, are going to get Blake Gavin. Some of them are going to get Shane Richardson. How are they going to stand out to propel themselves further up the roster? Because there are so many hype trains at the moment. Like the platform is full. This is Grand Central Station. There's about eight trains ready to leave the station right now. And right now, I don't know which one I want to get on. But yeah. I, you better believe that over the next coming weeks, I am going to put myself on one of those platforms and I'm going to beg to get on that train. I just hope it's that train that departs and ends up on the final 53 because I don't, really don't want to be wrong about this. I want to pick my horse and I want to go with it. Do you know what? I'm going to jump on the same carriage as Pat Mahomes Sr. And I'm going to follow him on his Justin Ross hype train. Is he on it? I've not He's seen on it. it. He's on it. He's been on record as saying uh, that um, Justin Ross has been working with Mahomes in the offseason at um, obviously his new luscious house that he's got with his lovely Pat Mahomes uh, kind of uh, ground that he's got. He's not on Airbnb Airbnb in Vegas preparing for the Super Bowl next year, no, right? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, apparently Pat Mahomes Senior is very high on uh, on Justin Ross uh, from what he's seen. And, you know, it, it says a lot, especially when you know your quarterback's dad's talking about you. Um, I think that's that's obviously a big thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'll I think I'll follow Pat Mahomes Senior on that. I'd like to see Rasheed Rice, but I, we know from um, Reed's previous um, previous position on on having wide receivers, you know, coming in in the rookie season and playing straight away, yeah, yeah. it never happens, does it? <laughs> So I think they're just going to stash Rasheed Rice. Um, hopefully not going to stash him like they did with Cornell Powell. Yeah. Remember <laughs> yeah, that guy? <laughs> you remember that guy? Yeah, yeah. remember that guy. Um, but, I, yeah, I think I think a lot of people are going to be watching Justin Ross because we've we've seen some of the highlight reels we've seen, um, even from last year, mm. you know, when they stashed him on the, um, you know, on, on, on the roster. And you, you just think, could it be? Could could this be it now? Could could this be? It'd be the, one the hell of a time? story, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? It, it would just be. Magical. But it's again, it's a value again. He was undrafted yeah. again, wasn't he? It would be magical. Like the, the the Chiefs are in a good position, really, because the floor is they've got Patrick Mahomes throwing in the ball, so they're going to be okay anyway. Yeah, but at the same time, they've got probably four receivers in Justin Ross. Richie James, mm-hmm. Sky Moore, and Kadarius Tony, who all have insane potential. Yes. And they only kind of need one, hopefully two of them to hit, and the offense goes back to like all world Mahomes levels. Yeah. Because I don't think Bowler Scantling will be that guy. I think Valis Scantling will continue. I think we'll see more of the same what we saw from Valis Scantling last year. I don't expect to see the Valis Scantling of the AFC Championship game against the Bengals, which was an outstanding performance. But I don't expect to see that every week. I think he'll have his moments here, be fine. And I don't think we'll see a lot of Rashi Rice because, like, as you point out, he's a rookie. 
But the other four guys, like Richie James was outstanding for the Giants last year. And people are talking about it as like one of the most unheralded free agent signings of the entire offseason. I know like Warren Sharp does a lot of football analysis and he's really high on the Richie James signing for the Chiefs and what and what, what he's done but and what he's done particularly his time in New York and how he could propel into being going off in in Kansas City. And then obviously you've got Kadarius Tony who if stays healthy, yeah. Many of many outlets is pipped to be the breakout star of the 2023 season. Mm-hmm. And you've got Squire Moore who had an underwhelming rookie season, but the word was right there. Rookie season. We know, we, we know it just doesn't happen like that for Chiefs receivers in their rookie year. So, I just think if the Chiefs can and just can find one or two of those gems, those mm. uncut gems, great film by the way, um, and turn them into full blown diamonds. Yeah. Then diamond in the rough. This offense is just going to be. Yeah. It, you know, I saw a stat the other day, actually. I'm coming out with the stats this week, have you noticed? Um, a stat is that not one of Patrick Mahomes' receivers has had 700 yards or more in a season yet. And you think, you think, he can't surely win a Super Bowl with that, can he? <laughs> no, not one of those. I mean, yeah, obviously, you've got a, you've got a rookie one there as well. But, you know, Sky Moore's not made it. You know, Justin Ross obviously stashed. He never played so, last year. What's an average Mahomes game? An average Mahomes game is like 300 yards, isn't it? Something like that, yeah. 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 I would say, yeah. Wasn't, wasn't the average average from like 315 yards? Is yeah, so let's say, let's say, right, the average Mahomes game is 300 yards. Let's say we walk the AFC and we get the bye. So uh, yeah. we get a week off. So let's say he misses one game. That's 4,800 yards. What's an average Kelsey season? What, 1,200 yards? Yeah. So let's say take out the 1,200 yards. That leaves 3,600 yards to go amongst everyone else. What's Blake Bell going to get? 200 yards, maybe? Probably that, yeah. Noah Gray might get 400. Yeah. Jody Fortson will get... 300. Jody Fortson will get 20 passes for tw- uh, 20 yards and 20 touchdowns. So <laughs> let's say let's say Jody, Jody Fortson gets 50. Running backs, let's do 1,000 for the running backs. Yeah. That leaves 1,950 yards. Well, I'm probably being a bit generous to the tight ends now. I've just, I have realised I've given 1,900 yards to the tight ends there, which is just ludicrous. 1,900 yards? Yeah, yeah, to the tight ends. But it might ha- <laughs> you never know, it might happen. You never know, it might, it might a thousand yards to, A 1,000 <laughs> yards to the running backs also seems a bit generous. Actually, I'm going to take a few. I'm going to take 500 yards off that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, 2,450 yards to the receivers. Around. Are divided by six of them. Oh God, my calculator's gone crazy. Five by six. That's four hundred and eight yards each between them. Wow. I don't think I don't think all of them will get to four hundred and eight. I was going to say, who's going to be the one that carries the load? Is there a thousand yard receiver in that receiving room at the minute? In that wide receiving room? Not. No, not... I don't see one personally. You don't think um, it's going to be a thousand yard? No, I think I think Tony absolutely could be, but I just don't think he'd be healthy enough. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we can trust his body. Um, Valis Scantlin, no, he just has too many off games. Yeah. Too many games where he does nothing. Sky Moore, maybe potentially. And as long I as he's not doing maybe, punt returns, I'm happy. I think what is it? Richie get, James got last year. He got five, six, six hundred yards last year for the Giants, oh, yeah. which is not bad. From, no, because he's got Daniel Jones, Jones throwing him the ball. Um, <laughs> like maybe him, but no, I think it's going to be a. 
wide receiver by committee, and then Travis Kelsey and Jared McKinnon, Clyde Edwards Alaire catching passes and yeah, yeah getting the yards for that. I, I I can't imagine the Chiefs are gonna have a receiver that's gonna be right, we have to game plan for him. I don't mm. think there's going to be. I think they're going to have to game plan for the collective. Yeah. But I don't think it's like, when we had Tyreek Hill, it's like, okay, right, there's Tyreek Hill. We need to account for him. Mm. And like, even when teams play the Titans now, they're going to see DeAndre Hopkins, they're going to be like, right, we need to account for him. I don't think the Chiefs have that guy in, in terms of wide receiver. I think that guy is probably Travis Kelsey. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't see another star yet in the Chiefs receiver room, but that's not to say that they, one of those guys might not become one. So, yeah, that's what makes training what, camps interesting. Yeah, do you think that's what the Chiefs are probably aiming for? They, like, they did it last year, didn't they, where they didn't really have a particular wide receiver that is the considered to be the Tyreek Hill main threat. So that, a lot of the a lot of the time we had uh, the ball was spread around. I mean, we saw so many times that Mahomes was spreading the ball around to like eight, nine receivers in a game, wasn't he? And I think that's probably what the mindset is in going into this year is let's just do the same thing. Let's just yeah. let's just have a multitude of receivers there that are all capable, all good hands. I mean, Rasheed Rice has got huge hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just spread the ball around. Have Kelsey as that main threat so that yeah. people will hone in on him and focus on him. I mean, the age that he's going at anyway, at some point he's going to be slowing down, isn't he? I mean, what is he now, 34, Travis Kelsey? So if... They are if teams are then going to be scheming around Travis Kelsey, it leaves the rest of the field wide open, doesn't it? So it could be that again. It could be just let's let's. I think it will be again. I think it will be just run it back. Yeah, I do think I've run it back. Just different body, different bodies in certain positions. I I think it's absolutely what the Chiefs will be. I think they've lost a little bit in Juju because Juju was kind of good across the middle. I I think that's what they wanted out of Richie James. It seems like Richie James is kind of like a cheaper version. Mm. Or like a more of an unsung version of Juju's fish user, so maybe that's what they're thinking they're getting out of him. But I'm not, I'm not down on the receiver room. I am. Um, no. I've kind of. It's like go on, sound the alarm, Arsenal. Here we go. Um, it's like with the Arsenal now. Like Arteta and Edu have done so much right at Arsenal that when we go for players, people are like, "Oh, why are Arsenal signing him? He's crap. Why are they doing that? He was rubbish at Chelsea." But They've done so well as a management team now that I've kind of given up on doubting them. Do you know what I mean? Like they've done so well that now everyone they go for, but if, if they want them, then I'm on board with it. That's yeah. that's how I feel about uh, Arsenal and Arteta and Edu. That's exactly how I feel about Brent Beach these days. Yeah, and and Andy Reid is the fact that if they're happy with the roster, then I'm happy with the roster. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, Pete Sweeney, John Dixon. It is day one of training camp, day one of what is the on season. The NFL season is coming. We are 50 days out from what will be Chiefs and Lions on opening night. The banner raised at Arrowhead Stadium, a much more fun banner ceremony than the last time around when I think there were 10, 15 people in the stadium during that terrible, (laughs) terrible pandemic. Uh, John, I mentioned before the break that I was dating myself with Jump the Shark. I'm just going to continue on that trend. There was a show, I think it was in the 90s. Steve, you may know this show. You uh, are are somebody, Steve Serta joining us now, uh, our podcast producer. You're somebody who likes old school type of shows and some comic books and (laughs) whatnot. Do you remember the TV show Early Edition? I don't know. Doesn't, okay, it doesn't I, I sound do. familiar. Maybe I, so I here was the premise of early edition. 
I don't know where this show is because a lot of times you can find these old shows on the streaming services. Maybe I remember it being better than it was, but a guy, and now I'm going to use a word that some new listeners don't know, would open a newspaper that came to his door <laughs> and it was tomorrow's newspaper. It was the next day's newspaper. And a lot of times, what, what with newspapers, if it bleeds, it leads. So he would see, oh, no, there was a terrible murder yesterday. I'm going to go stop this thing. So we are going to play our own uh, edition of early edition and try to come up with <laughs> headlines that we'd like to see before the end of training camp. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've never heard of this television show. All right. Well, I, I, I remember the show you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> But you if you're really talking tonight. old school, we have to be talking about Time Tunnel from 1964. Okay, okay let's that, just that's, when it, listen. That's this is old in the school. future. Yeah. I thought you were going to okay. say Murder She Wrote. At least somebody oh, no, would, no, would know no. what that is. <laughs> All right, so uh, John and I have been yapping, Steve. You've been listening to us, so we're going to let you go first. Which headline would you like to see before the end of Chiefs training camp? I think with the conversations that we've been having all off season and the question marks that you have with the wide receiver room. And now we can finally stop talking about Deandre Hopkins. Thank you. I'm so excited to not talk about Deandre Hopkins anymore. I, the headline that I would love to see is chief second year wide receiver. Sky Moore is taking that step. Like, is setting himself up for a breakout season and looks like he is solidifying himself as a starting wide receiver in the Chiefs rotation. And he can step right into that Juju Smith-Schuster role because I have high expectations for Sky. I think he can be a really big playmaker for this offense. So I desperately want it to work out for Sky in year number two. I think it has to, right? Like even if you have yeah. Kadarius Tony taking another step, you need that third guy uh, as well, right? You have your one and your two option. You need a third option in Kansas City. I, I think when Patrick Mahomes is playing his best, he ends up having nine or ten guys on the stat sheet with a reception. That's when I feel like we have the best version of Patrick Mahomes. Like Travis Kelsey might have 117 yards, 180 yards, but every you know every receiver, every pass catcher is getting involved, and that would require the number three, number four receiver getting involved. And so I like that one, and that is potentially a headline that you might see on ArrowheadPride.com. I picked Sky to be the receiver that leads the room in receiving yards this year. So we'll see if that prediction comes true. Okay, John, let's go to you for your first headline in Chiefs early edition. Uh, I'm kind of going for carnage uh, in my the headlines that I have chosen. Uh, <laughs> not okay. necessarily predicting these things will happen. Like I will say that. But but I'm but I'm I'm just trying to you know get some stuff cleaned up. That's how I'm looking at mm -hmm. it. So uh, my first headline is actually it's it's an A and a B. It could be either one of these. Justin Ross makes the 53 man roster, or Justin Ross traded for a seventh round draft pick. Now my life. <laughs> Now, my logic here is, just like Steve, I'm tired of talking about DeAndre Hopkins. I'm tired of talking about Justin Ross. Um, and I'd like for this to get settled one way or another, either by him making the team because he's spectacular and it will become this wonderful story that, that so many fans want it to be. I would be all in on that. I think all of us would be all in on that story. But if it can't be... Let's let him go someplace else where he has a chance to make the team and be that story someplace else. I would not like to see Justin Ross on our practice squad. 
the Chiefs practice squad in this coming season because, you know, I I just like to get this settled one way or the other. Is is, is that wrong? No, I I think that's fair. I think that's a I think that's a good one. Um, I I think either way, it means a lot of clicks for AP and a lot of people talking about it. <laughs> So well, that's, it's all about us, of course. I'm a, I'm a fan of, <laughs> of either one of those headlines. I, I, I think you're right, though. And I, you know, I, I had mentioned the receivers on the other side of this uh, in uh, not only Ross, John Ross, uh, Smith Marset, now Remigio. There's other receivers, too, that sure, are, are yeah. even beyond Cornell Powell and, and Jerry and Ely. I think there are potential other teams that could use some of these guys. So if they can't work out in Kansas city and Andy Reid truly does feel this way, if they can't work out in Kansas city, he hopes that they catch on with somebody else. So yes, if, if Justin Ross cannot be the story in Kansas city, perhaps that he, he can have some success elsewhere as, as long as it's not Denver or Las Vegas or I Ross would be Andrews. okay. I'd be okay with Justin Ross making the practice squad. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd be totally fine. If that's, <laughs> if that's all that happens for him this season, um, but yeah, I, I'm with you, John. It's Sky Moore. That's 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 what I'm rooting for this season. <laughs> yeah, I I think mine uh, would be, and I'll start on the defensive side for my first headline. It's Felix and Odik Duque Izama looks prepared to contribute mm. in Week One. Yeah, and I just think it's so important. I think it might be the most important storyline in the in the the Chiefs universe in that look. I know that Juju Smith-Schuster is not here, but I think we've seen Patrick Mahomes work with anybody. What you really have with Frank Clark going to the Denver Broncos and Carlos Dunlap, as I, I mentioned, I think will happen, but not in the mix yet, is a little bit of a question mark at edge defender. Like, I like Mike Dana. Yeah, you know what I mean? I I like Malik Herring. I, I think Joshua Kando, it's now or never for him, right? Right. Beyond... Mm-hmm. George Karloftis, do you really have any sure things? And I know Amena who plays both inside, outside, but do you have any sure things besides George Karloftis? And, and we're assuming that seven game stretch in the playoffs where he was able to get one sack in the AFC title is a sure thing, which is again, I, we're assuming that, which we, you never know. But let's assume that he's a sure thing at, at, at edge. You need someone else to step up. I like Mike Dana, and I tend to think the way this goes is Mike Dana is that starting edge as the team stands right now. And you hope that he takes a significant step forward while uh, Felix does develop. But what a story would be if you get to the preseason game, this undersized local prospect. We know the story. I've talked about uh, how you need the on the field for the off the field to matter. If Felix is that guy from day one, in the sense of like Karloff, as I, I said, it, it really took toward the back end of the season for him to be right. something mm-hmm. yeah. him right away being able to contribute when it comes to quarterback pressures uh, and quarterback sacks. I, I completely approve of this, uh, of this pick uh, Pete, although I'm a little concerned that there's not enough carnage in it, okay. but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I, but I think you're making a really good point and, and I'd like to see that too. I'd like to see, um, and Yudike Uzama uh, come out and be a, a good player who can start and can be a contributor uh, right from the beginning of the season. He doesn't have to be a big star. He just right. has to be somebody who can hold down that side of the line and gets us, get a little bit of production, and then I'll be happy because I think he's going to be a player who's going to be around the team for a while, and I think he'll be, become a good one if he isn't one in his first year. Now, before we started the broadcast, Steve was 
cheeky and, and bragging about how many headlines he had. So we'll let you go, John, <laughs> ahead. Because uh, we know if that you use one of Steve's, it sounds like he has a scroll length of headlines to, to uh, share. So I don't, I don't think, you. I don't think this is one of Steve's. This is more carnage here. Okay. <laughs> that is your magic <laughs> word. Right yeah. This Cassidy over here. Uh, Prince Tega Wanogo becomes the mm. starting left tackle. Wow. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm only bringing this up because it, going back to what I said earlier in the show, that the Chiefs need to be building from young players rather yep. than having these veterans come in at big contracts and kind of stuff like that. I wish no ill towards Donovan Smith. And if he comes in and plays great this season, I'm all for that. I hope he wins. I hope he earns all of his incentives because that means the Chiefs have found a guy who could play well for a season, which they need right now. But what I'd really like to see is a player that develop uh, while wearing the red and gold into a player that can stay with the team for a few years and sign another contract for another three or four years without breaking the bank. And that's what I, that's what the team really needs. We've already got, you know, some players that are making uh, big salaries and we need fewer of those guys. We need people who can play, uh, who are young and ascending. Uh, so you could substitute uh, Wanye Morris in there instead of uh, Prince uh, or Lucas Niang uh, in there instead of Prince. All I'm saying is that if Donovan Smith should happen to get hurt during training yeah. camp and, you know, that could happen. Uh, based on information that we now have. If he ends up getting hurt in training camp, I hope that one of these young guys can come in and grab that starting left tackle spot and and move forward. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I, I think Tego Inogo is a, an interesting choice in, in the numbers game because you look at the five starters, we know who they are. We don't need to say it. You have Wanye Morris, six, Nick Allegretti, seven, Darian Kennard, eight, Lucas Niang, nine, who I believe – are probably making the team. And then you have Austin Ryder. Austin Ryder just will hang out on the practice squad and chill until he is needed. Yeah. He is. It yeah. sounds, seems like he has a special agreement with the Chiefs where he is just going to be on the practice <laughs> squad. In, in a way, he's a much quieter version of Eric Garrick Dieter. Like, you just don't hear from Austin Ryder. But he's got that Garrick Dieter spot right now where he's just installed on the practice squad and, and hanging there. So I don't think you have to worry about him. And then you're looking at the Chiefs keeping that 10th offensive lineman. Uh, you have Mike Caliendo, Anderson Hardy, Jerome Carvin in that mix, some other names that are, are lesser known. And uh, I, I think it, making the team would be big for him, but that, again, plays into the fullback. Do they keep an extra offensive lineman? Do they go to another position? And do they keep only nine offensive line? Because we've seen that, them do that in the past. So, uh, But I, I think it's a, a good point. I, we do assume right now that the offensive line is set, but you never know what can happen in training camp based upon injury. And even if someone shows up and, and really impresses the coaching staff, we have seen uh, tweets you know, from myself and others at training camp where you show up to training camp and you're like, what is that offensive lineman doing at left guard today with Patrick Mahomes? And then all of a sudden you're like, is this offensive line going to be different? So yes, uh, younger players pushing these veterans is always a, a good headline to, to see. All right, Steve, what's your final headline in chiefs early edition? Mine is pretty positive again. So John's going to be disappointed, but this is, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's opposite day on this future early edition, because usually uh, Steve comes in as a, the token curmudge that we bring in sometimes. In the I think, I think I'm John still, is Mr. Positivity. 
I think I'm still just flying from quarterback. Like it just got okay. me really, really excited yeah. for football. Big Mariota guy. You kind of look like Mariota a little bit. Okay, go ahead. Well, thank you. I guess um, or not. I, I don't know how to think that. But um, so my next one is, and, and I think this is a player that I feel like we just haven't talked a lot about. And I know, you know, off season it's which veteran wide receiver are the Chiefs going to sign or which veteran uh, defensive end are they going to bring in or trade for? And then it's the rookie class and how those guys impact everything. But I really hope at some point we see a headline that says Trent McDuffie is taking that step into becoming an elite playmaker for the Chiefs secondary in his second year because we saw flashes and all kinds of potential with him last season. The end you know, and I feel like because of the injury and he was a big time contributor late in the season and then they had so many other rookies who were making impacts. I just feel like we've overlooked a little bit how awesome mm. Trent McDuffie was last season. Yeah. And Legarius Sneed is, you know, heading into the final year of his contract. And there has been absolutely like no discussion <laughs> about him getting extended here in Kansas City. And I love Legarius Sneed. He's an incredibly versatile weapon. But if Trent McDuffie takes that step to being a, a truly elite player in your secondary, and I think that he showed enough last season that I, I think we should be totally optimistic that he can take that step, then that solves a lot of problems for the Chiefs over the next couple of years, at least with that group. And then, of course, if you just get Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, those guys to continue to play well, Brian Cook, then all of that is just great for your defense in general. But Trent McDuffie is the guy that you need to really pan out. I like Trent McDuffie. Yeah, yeah, I like I like, I like the Trent McDuffie pick. Very quiet, I think, all pro possibility. I think he's that good or has that potential. We'll see how he shows up to to training camp. A really nice pick by the Chiefs. Uh, if you've read some of the things this offseason and, and conversations that I've had with, with people at, at the Chiefs, they didn't expect to be in a position to trade up for him. And then, you know, that was a shock to them. You know, we talk about how Brett Veach never drafts a defensive back. He was waiting for one that he really liked, and he was right about this one in the first round again trading ahead of the the buffalo bill so we'll see the steps he takes one of the headlines and this isn't my last one but i'd, I'd like to see is lejarius sneed extended i think that was a, a nice hidden point in your last headline steve like we haven't really we've been so focused on chris jones we haven't really talked about lejarius sneed and he's become such an important player for steve spagnola you wonder how the chiefs feel about sneed right we we thought they liked Travarius ward but they weren't willing to pay that price tag what is sneed worth on the open market i don't think we really know what other gms would be willing to pay him we don't know how sneed feels if he would take a team-friendly deal just because kansas city believed in him and drafted him on day three and just depends on a lot you know there's a lot of factors that go into it so that would be a another headline that i think i'd like to see and my my final one and i'll bring it back to the offensive side of the football to put a bow on this thing is we get out of a preseason game and there is a dot com headline on the ringer or even SB Nation National that is like, we should be paying more attention to Noah Gray. He does something in the preseason mm. where suddenly you have fantasy owners maybe picking him up and saying, wait a minute, we've been so focused on these Chiefs wide receivers and how they have none that we haven't been paying attention to them pulling a, a new New England Patriots when they hadn't. The you know the the criminal tight ends of the the double tight end, <laughs> right? Like maybe they're gonna do what the Patriots did would would making the focal point of the offense those two tight end sets. I, I think there's a possibility that we're not paying enough attention to Noah Gray. I think he's very quietly been developing. He has this monster shadow behind Travis Kelsey, and look, 
we say it. I, I know we've, we've been waiting for it. I hope it never happens. But at some point, Kelsey is not going to be as productive in, in older age. And maybe the Chiefs have his replacement right in front of us, right? Or someone that no one's going to be Travis Kelsey, but someone that's capable of shoring up that tight end position. And while Kelsey's still on the team, that second tight end can eat. We saw it a little bit in Kansas City with Demetrius Harris. Now, I think that's a very low floor and good enough floor for what Noah Gray can be. I think his ceiling is much higher than Harris. But what I'm saying is Andy Reid makes the playbook and makes plays based upon what he has in the room. And I, I I think Noah Gray, and you started to see a little bit last year, I think Noah Gray might be hiding in plain sight. So maybe there's a, a headline during training camp that we should be paying more attention to the number two tight end in Kansas City. You know, uh, you're saying something that's kind of been at the back of my mind and I haven't really given it voice uh, over the last week or two. There was a piece that Ron Kopp wrote on our site about uh, the importance of uh, Noah Gray and uh, Jody Fortson to the offense that I thought made terrific points about both of those players and what they bring and uh, pointed out that uh, that Gray is the first player who has outproduced Harris uh, since 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 he was here uh, as the, as the reserve tight end. And I went nuts when, you know, uh, ESPN didn't want to unanimously name Travis Kelsey as the best tight end in the NFL. And then when they, they completely ignored Kelsey and gray as the best tight end duo, I kind of was upset about that. And I, and you're saying what I was, the point I was making was that gray's 300 yards and uh, was it three? T- no, a touchdown, I think, last year was the number. Um, you know, it was not a great number, but for, for being behind Travis Kelsey, it was a very impressive number. And I, and I think you're right. He's sitting there in plain sight. And the, the, the Duos article on, e, on uh, ES, well, it wasn't ESPN, whatever, sor- whatever the source was, this Duos article that I quoted on, the, on arrowheadpride.com was talking about how the Patriots – you know, used to have two tight ends that combined yeah. for a thousand yards. Well, yeah, maybe Travis Kelsey won't be able to do that this year. But will it matter if there are two tight ends that can combine for a thousand yards in terms of the offense? No, it won't. That's what Randy Reed needs is the ability to have a tight end who can get a thousand yards in his offense. And whether it's Travis Kelsey or Nora Gray, it might not matter. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's jump into the, the, the Chiefs preview of training camp. Falcons. 
do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. This training camp for everybody. Coaches, players, wireless internet connection. Everybody's involved here. Chiefs preview. Training camp. Uh, rookies and quarterbacks are on the field now out in St. Joe, campus of Missouri Western. Full veteran report day on Friday with the first practice on Sunday. Uh, let's start with the update on Chris Jones, who has not been pictured yet, but wouldn't be pictured yet. He's not a rookie or a quarterback. He would start losing money if he doesn't show up, I believe, Friday. I believe Friday. Um, this is what Andy Reid had to say about Chris Jones when he arrived on report day Tuesday. Oh, that I'll, I'll have to just see how that that goes. I mean, there's communication going on. That's that's the important part, and then we just have to see. Yeah. Not much there, but has your worry or your panic meter really changed as far as getting this deal done, or Chris Jones showing up uh, in time to report for for training camp? It's maybe went up a point since last time you asked me this. I think I was at a one last time. So I'm about at a two. Very, very low at this point. Um, I think it's going to get done. I mean, obviously, the communication has been going on. Andy Reid alluded to that. Uh, Brett Veach, when they had the ring ceremony a couple weeks ago, he mentioned that the communication is still there. Chris Jones is still posting on social media as if he's part of the team still. Haven't seen anything that makes me feel like the SB Sue. It was he was he was on stage yeah. with the guys. Yeah, yeah, that was a good sign. You know, he wasn't sick for the SBs, so uh, that was great. Um, yeah, so I I really don't have much concern. I, I do wish it gets done by Friday. I would like to have him there for day one. It's not a, a huge deal that if he's not, but like I mentioned before, with the young D line. You know, you don't have Frank Clark anymore. You don't have Carlos Dunlap there right now. It would be nice to have that veteran presence there just to kind of coach these young guys up. I think the one thing that we were really waiting on as far as Chris Jones was Quentin Williams's deal to come to fruition. And since our last recording, that has happened between him and the New York Jets as far as helping shape what could be the framework or the the details behind what Chris Jones's deal would be as far as being in the similar market. I see four years, 96 million for Quentin Williams with a 24 and a half signing bonus. Um, I, I Matt Derrick put out some more numbers as far as what it could do at impact. Chris Jones puts him in that 22, 20 range AAV average annual value for him in his negotiations with Brett Veach, and that sounds about right. I mean, I saw you tweet this week. He's better than Aaron Donald right now. So when you're talking about the best interior defensive lineman in the National Football League, uh, I don't think I, I think most Chiefs fans would agree that 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 sounds about right in that twenty to twenty ish uh, range for him. If, if you're asking for my panic meter, I think yours was at two. I'll move mine up to a three or four. I mean, it, it's taken a little bit longer than I thought. And like I said on previous podcasts, I think Chris and his agents are playing the game well. He's not at the ring ceremony, but he's at Barbecue Fest. Uh, he's at the ESPYs. He's, you know, he's not at mini camp, but he's here. Now, it really would make no sense for him to not show up to camp. I mean, at, at that point, you're just taxing your own paycheck, but – 
could I see cooler heads prevailing at the end of this and them saying, yo, don't worry about that or we'll build something in for that? Of course. I mean, this guy is a franchise cornerstone and I don't think he's going anywhere. And the fact that we're recording this on a Wednesday and they're not supposed to report until Friday, I could see a scenario where our podcast just gets ruined and the deal happens The deal happens tomorrow <laughs> or fri- early Friday. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Let's move on to some injury updates. Remember, it's not all players at camp right now. As of this recording, we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, July 19th. And we got two updates on potential starters for Kansas City. I'll start with Felix Anudike Uzama, the rookie out of Kansas State, who was held out of most of minicamp and the rookie activities this summer due to the thumb and the surgery that he recovered from. He told reporters today that it was a surprise surgery to him as well. He heard it on the last play of the Big 12 championship, didn't know it required surgery until after his pro day, and that kind of messed with the timeline over the summer. Uh, he says he feels 100% and has no limitations as of this recording, so that's good news. Uh, on the other hand, second-year running back Isaiah Pacheco was spotted in a non-contact jersey today. One of those yellow, those yellow pennies means do not hit and was listed as limited. I got some reports here from the head honcho, Pete Sweeney, who is not really worried about him being ready for the regular season. He says, based on Wednesday's practice, look, I don't see how Isaiah Pacheco hand and labrum surgeries is in danger of missing any regular season time at all. The Chiefs will ease him in, but he should be good to go for week one, in my opinion. Look, this is work for Clyde. This is an opportunity for Clyde. Yes, Pacheco will get work, and yes, Pacheco will be ready for week one, but he won't be ready for the week to the week one in the same way that he was last year. This is an opportunity for Clyde to dominate the offseason, dominate the preseason, dominate training camp, and maybe steal a couple of those early season carries away. I'm not taking about I'm not talking about taking a grown man's job, just taking a little bit more and earning your way back into the favor. You're right, but I'm also, I'm gonna go a little bit further and talk about what about Prince. Right. The, the camp darling. Everybody's really looking forward to seeing how Prince performs out there. Are they going to keep four running backs? I think they will. For some of the reasons you mentioned, obviously, Isaiah Pacheco, you know, he's not as ready as he was at this point last year, you know, with the hand, even though he will be ready week one. Jared McKinnon's a year older. We know they're going to slow play him, make sure he's healthy for the playoffs, for the stretch run at the end of the season. And then Clyde Edwards-Elaire, last year, most likely as a Kansas City Chief. This could be an opportunity for Prince to sneak in there and steal a couple of carries as well. I'm really looking forward to see how he does in training camp, and especially in the preseason, because he could be a diamond in the rough. You know, similar to Pacheco, his seventh-round pick. You know, Prince coming out of nowhere. Now you're seeing some potential upside there in a thin, not thin running back room, but a running back room that has opportunity for growth, that for some promotion, if you would. So I am have a I have a big strong eye, just like a lot of the Chiefs Kingdom does on seeing how Prince does uh, over the next few weeks. Absolutely, some carries for the taking as we get training camp started up in St. Joe. Everybody wants to fast forward to playing in Vegas for another Super Bowl and defending that Lombardi Trophy, but it starts the hard work and the consistency and the foundation starts right now in training camp. On the first day, report day for rookies and quarterbacks, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes asked about undertaking the challenge of successfully defending their Super Bowl title, and this is what they had to say. You've got to maintain your edge all the way through. 
the season, and the, you don't take anything for granted. And so the guys that have been through that experience know that. And, and um, you know, then, then you've got to have the ball flip the right way for you. You know, it's, uh, that, that, there's so much parity in this league that there's nothing that's granted to you. It, it, you've got to earn it, and then there's got to be certain things that just happen for you. Uh, in the right direction, and then you'd have a chance to do something like that. But you, you've, to do that, you've got to go this one day at a time approach, and and you've got to be intense through those days that you're given an opportunity to get better with. I'm always confident that we have a chance to get to the Super Bowl, um, but I understand that's a process. I understand it's not easy, um, and so uh, I'm going to continue to try to build myself and then help our team get better and better and for those guys to stay motivated. And uh, I think we have a lot of motivated guys um, that, that I think you've seen from some of the quotes from everybody that we want to continue to build this thing. Uh, we want to we have a special group that kind of can carry out a legacy. Um, and uh, I think we have the right guys. And now let's just go out there and do it. A lot of new faces around Mahomes, especially on that offensive line, two new tackles, but the same goal and the same expectations. I will say for Kansas City before tossing it to you, Mark, Last year, the Chiefs seven and three in one score games and six and two in games decided by a field goal or less. Andy Reid talked about it there, man. Sometimes you got to be good and sometimes you just got to get lucky. So, are you telling me that Patrick Mahomes hasn't already booked his Airbnb for Las Vegas? (laughs) (laughs) He can stay at Mariota's place out there. He'll be all right. (laughs) I guess it's a little too early for that. He did it in November last year, so we got to wait a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, when you're Super Bowl champions, you're going to have that target on your back. But I would argue the Chiefs have had the target on the back ever since they won that first Super Bowl. Even though they weren't defending the Super Bowl last year, every time you play the Chiefs, it's still a game that teams get up for. You know, you want to beat Patrick Mahomes. You want to beat Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid. It's one of those games, and most times that game is a primetime game, right? Like they're in primetime more than anybody else. So it's going to be under the lights half the time on Monday night football, Thursday or Sunday. So I I think they've already have experienced that. I don't think that's going to be anything new as far as having that target on their back. I think the only thing is can they continue to have that that edge and that motivation because teams – are even going to try more trick stuff. Like they're going to go for it more on fourth downs. They're going to press the envelope more and be more aggressive, do onside kicks and things like that. You know, while the Chiefs, they have their own game plan. They're not going to go outside of it. And, and you know, there's always this narrative that Andy Reid kind of holds plays back into the playoffs. Teams are holding plays back against the Kansas City Chiefs. So <laughs> that is something that they have to be prepared for week in and week out. I wanted to talk camp battles to watch entering 2023, but really I think everybody just wants to know about the wide receiver room. We got a bunch of questions here in the chat. So let's just focus specifically about the wide receiver room. You, you love even are, wide receivers. You love it. I think it's the most interesting unit on Kansas City's team entering this season. It's not a bold prediction. You already issued who you think is making the team. But for those who missed that tweet, I'll, I'll toss it up to you one again. And this came from CS off YouTube. Should we have six wide receivers on the 53 or seven with adding Justin Ross? Are we better off without D-Hop? A couple questions there, but all around this wide receiver room, which is gaining a lot of attention entering 2023. Yeah, so I think seven is, is way too much, especially considering I think you're going to have four tight ends. 
And we know Andy Reid likes to keep as many offensive linemen as possible for depth purposes. So having seven receivers just doesn't seem like that's in the cards. I do think it will be six. And as you alluded to, I did make a tweet a couple of days ago. I think there's a pretty clear favorites for the six spots right now. It doesn't mean it's set in stone, but I think those six right now, you're looking at it as of today. I think it has to be Kadarius Tony, MVS, Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, Richie James, and Justin Watson. Um, now, people may raise their eyebrows when I say Richie James, but you got to look at it. When you have a wide receiver six or five, that guy has to have some value on special teams. And Richie James has experience doing uh, punt returns in New York when he played for the Giants. And he was all, he was a pretty solid uh, receiver as well. He had, like, I think five or 600 yards one season. So he is a guy that does have some type of experience there as well as a receiver. That's why I think it's going to be hard. I know the hype train is there for, like, a Justin Ross. But he doesn't bring any value when it comes to special teams. And if you're a wide receiver six, wide receiver five, you have to have some value there on special teams like Justin Watson. He he did some punt returns last year. He fair caught the ball, but hey, he didn't fumble it, right? So he brought some value there as well. And he's probably going to be your wide receiver five because they did sign him to a two-year deal this offseason. So I think he's part of the plans. And we did see Bobby, Patrick Mahomes' trainer, he did make a tweet about Richie James a couple days ago. I think that means something. <laughs> I think that, it has to mean something, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't have to mean anything. So you don't think him tweeting that – Means you don't think Patrick Mahomes is is backing Richie James to be on this roster? Your theory is that Bobby tweets whatever Mahomes can't tweet, but I think there's a couple of holes in that theory. I don't know. I think Bobby has a lot of fan whenever he tweets. Naturally, I mean he he he's a big supporter of Mahomes and everything Chiefs. He's at the games. Like I've seen him tweet a couple of things where it's like I know that's not accurate, so I, I well, can't but, take everything but, as long. But I'm not. I'm not just basing my six off of that tweet. I do, like I mentioned before, Richie James does bring value on special. Of course, teams. but you're taking Richie. Sense. You're taking Richie James over, uh, let's say, a John Ross. How about the How about the other Ross? Because there's two Rosses here. Yeah, I think I am taking Richie James over John Ross. I think I am right now. Where Let's are you at? Hear- you know, once I get up to St. Joe, unfortunately, I'll be out there on th- Thursday and Friday. And I want to see the whole team, you know, like I want to see them play. Like right now, we're still making assumptions based off of pretty much nothing, paper and expectations. Once we see how players grasp the material, once we see how they fit into the offense. And most importantly, once we see if Patrick Mahomes trust them or not. I think I'll have a better idea. Ask me after the first preseason game. I thought it was something very interesting we got from Rasheed Rice today, Wednesday, July 19th, after camp. He had a very rocky day, first time on the on the training camp field, and puked a couple times and was exhausted, but still talked to reporters after. And he described the Chiefs wide receiver unit in a very unique way. Check this out. I'm just kidding. Uh, it was, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, as of, as expected coach, you know, they always tell us to come be in shape. Our wide receivers, this is like a track team as far as, you know, our wide receiver group. So we come knowing that we've got to be expected to run as long as to the, you know, to the game is over to practice is over. It's like a track team. Andy Reid likes fast guys, guys who can practice as fast as they play. And Rasheed Rice got a rude awakening to that here on Wednesday. But I agree with you. I think he's going to be a part of that six that eventually makes the cut for KC. 
Well, he better. He's a second-round pick. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty obvious there, Aaron. <laughs> wow, such a hot take there. Yellow uh, light. <laughs> I think the question is, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. Okay, so we agree that the top four is for sure locks. We know that. We know the top four is Sky, NBS, Rasheed Rice, and Kadarius Tony. Yeah. I'm of the thinking that there's a lock at five. I think Justin Watson is a lock, too. I'm I would agree. Sure you agree on that okay okay so we we think it comes down to between john ross justin ross and richie james for that sixth spot correct and if i had to rank those right now i would put john ross as the favorite at six i think that he does a lot of things that they like to do in this offense get in space jitterbug type ability kind of the, some of the same things that you see from Kadarius tony I don't think that, and like I said earlier, in, a, in just a few seconds ago, I think a lot of this is based off of paper and a lot of it is based off of fit and us trying to put the tea leaves together. It could be something completely different when the scheme starts getting plugged in and the bullets start flying up in St. Joe. But I think Ross on paper, and as kind of what we saw in minicamp too, I think he fits in round peg, round hole in what the Chiefs like to do offensively. That's fair. That's fair. It's going to be interesting, man. I can't wait till you get out there in St. Joe with your camera, your mic out there when the humidity. I hope you don't puke, though. I don't think I don't think you're going to puke. I think you're a seasoned vet at this point. So I don't think we have to worry about Aaron Ladd puking. Uh <laughs> My first training camp, I might have had some struggles with the heat. But now I got the I got the Deacon towel that drapes over. You know, yeah, I got to change the clothes in the car, you know, like yeah. I, I, know, I know the roots. I the routine by now. <laughs> Having some fun here on Chiefs Coast to Coast episode 50. Mark what year is this for you? At camp. Year four? Three. Three. Well, because my first year, 2020, they didn't have camp in St. Joe, I don't think. I thought they just did it at the facilities, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think this might be my fourth camp of my third year going to St. Joe. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, you're um, yeah, man, come on now. Once you cover the Super Bowl, I mean, training camp, that's, that's nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you care about the batting ratings or you want to save that? Man, we can talk about it. Why not? I don't think we have Mahomes and a lot of the high. I mean, I'm pretty sure where we know he's going to be. But some interesting numbers here coming out of the batting ratings. They're using the whole week to unveil the numbers, which is just like, come on, just, just get it over with. But. <laughs> Chris Jones, 96, which we know. I thought uh, Drew Tranquil at 76 was another one I thought was interesting. The highest rated wide receiver on the team, since we love to talk about the wide receiver room, is none other than Joka himself, Kadarius Tony, who is ranked 81 overall. Marquez Valdez-Cantling yeah. is 78. And Justin Reed leaves all safeties on the team with 81. Some other guys in between. FAU, his first Madden ranking is 71, Mike Dana, 74, uh, your boy, Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice, both at 73, Richie James, 76. And we'll get some more as the week unveils. I expect Matt, I expect Mahomes to be in the, the mid 90s. I mean, 95 and above Kelsey kind of in the low 90s. Mid 90s. Um, He'd be a 99. <laughs> he should be a 99, but I. I I don't know. You know, I don't I don't play Madden. Spoiler alert. I don't really know how the Madden ratings work. I remember he was 99 forever and then I had a couple bad games and they kind of tweak him in season. Mahomes will be a 99 at some point. Right. Like he, he inevitably he's going to be a 99. Yeah. Um, 
I guess the biggest takeaway for me is the fact that, and I tweeted this, is the fact that Aaron Donald is still at 99. And they're supposed to do rankings based on the previous season. But I get, like, you can't go too extreme into that because if you did, then Aaron Donald would be, like, in the 70s because he didn't he only have five sacks last year. So there has to be some type of balance in, you know, reputation and then what you did last year. But to have him at 99, like, to me, at a 99, you have to be playing at the elite level, like, entire season. Like, you can't just have a year off and be like, well, you're still Aaron Donald. You're 99. So, and I mentioned, I think Chris Jones right now is better than Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's 32 years old. He's only getting older. Chris Jones is 29. He's at his physical peak right now. I expect to see Aaron Donald slowly decline while Chris Jones is still rising up. That is why I say that. Obviously, career-wise, Aaron Donald's not even close. But I think right now it should be Chris Jones. And Creed Humphrey, I thought he was pretty low. A 90 is pretty low for me. I think he should be in the mid-90s. I think he's the either the second or best center in the league. So I don't know. But they kind of undervalue centers. I think Jason Kelsey's only like a 92, I think, or something like that. So I guess they don't really grade centers and give them that much love for some reason. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.